What's up and welcome into the lead block. Happy Thursday, everybody. Uh, my name is Tyler Walters alongside Matthew Anderson. Matthew, how you doing? Doing great, man. Stuck in the house? Uh, always. <laughs> All right. So not a lot is happening, basically. I like I looked at ESPN. So what I normally do, like for the show, like I'll look around, like any big stories I know, like uh, that need to get done, like I just mark those down, like just take a mental note and then go back and like fill in some research before we do the show, like read a few articles, stuff like that. And then I'll go look at like day of the show. Uh, ESPN has this great thing on their website called latest news, like ESPN.com slash latest news. And it's basically just the last articles and it's split up by sport. Like this uh, NBA, here's the last 20 articles from the NBA, like all this morning, like everything happening now. There is absolutely nothing on on that side, right? It's usually <laughs> full of articles. Like it's got a bunch of stuff, like, but they're all just crap. And that's like the one, the biggest thing I've noticed here lately is like, what are, we'll talk about that kind of when we get into the show here, but media guys aren't doing jack shit. Like there's nothing for them to write about. There's nothing for them to talk about. I saw Skip uh, talking about, Skip Bayless talking about is uh, who's the GOAT, like MJ versus LeBron. We usually don't get that until like July or August, but here we are in, what is it, April now? We're getting that already, like for the billionth time. A lot of fans are kind of starting to uh, – I could saw them getting on with Shannon being like, yo, like this is the 15th time I've had this discussion. <laughs> so Shannon fired back at him and said, uh, well, you think of something else for us to talk about. <laughs> that is hilarious. Yeah. All right, before we get into the show, really go follow uh, – make sure you're following us on Twitter and Instagram at the lead underscore block. Follow Matthew at Matt the Chosen One with the number one and myself at Tyler Walter CNR on Twitter. Um, but yeah, well, I mean, the biggest thing out of this week is NCAA giving eligibility extension, uh, slash relief, whatever you want to call it to, uh, spring sports. So all baseball players, softball players, whatever other spring sports are going on are going to get an extra year. I don't, how does track and field work? I know there's some events going on right now. I'm sure the track athletes who participate in the spring because there's some some things just kind of go year round we'll get eligibility i don't really know uh the one big thing is though they did not give winter athletes an extended year of eligibility so all basketball players you know whatever other winter sports uh men's women's basketball players basically aren't going to get another year but i mean it's not really that big of a deal unless you're a senior I think it matters more in the women's basketball game than it does in the men's just because we have so many one and dones like in the men's game, as far as it'll matter for smaller schools. Uh, it'll matter for South Carolina. Um, Cause obviously coats are gone. And then like for sure now uh, he, you know, that would have been a weird decision if he chose to stay, if he got the extra year, but I kind of agree with it. I, I wanted to get your thoughts on it, Matthew. Like they did. It sucks. The tournament is just not going to happen but they did get a full regular season in and that does count. Like I would think it counts as a year of eligibility, but I don't know. Like, I don't really see that big of a deal for the NCAA just to be like, yeah, whatever. Like if you want to come back, like it's not going to be that many players coming back anyway. Like if you want to come back and like, you're still at your school next year, like studying or whatever, finishing your degree, like you can play. 
Yeah, I, I can see that because you're right. Because the whole thing is like you've already played the whole season. Now I do get it because they say the postseason is like a whole different season in itself, especially it March Madness. Because one of my boys, Tyler, as a matter of fact, Tyler Bavard, he goes to Lander. He was getting ready for his. Obviously, they're not Division One, so not like the big March Madness, but NCAA tournament. Nonetheless, he was looking forward to it, and it, and it kind of got wiped out there. And so it's like if let's say you're at a school where you finally made it your senior year to the playoffs and it gets wiped out, kind of like that sucks. But I can't see them necessarily giving you a whole another year of eligibility. Yeah, I didn't think that was maybe a postponed. Maybe this thing wasn't going to last as long as it is a postponed NCAA tournament, maybe potentially. But no, nah, I, I can't see them giving you a whole other eligibility. I mean, it'd yeah. be the nice thing to do, but the system is not built for the players. Yeah, I mean, I thought at first, like, we would just be able to be like, all right, you know, it's going to be pushed back from March and April to June or whatever. Yeah, that's which what I was would have been fine. And but the NCAA made the call pretty quickly. They were like, no, like it's just canceled. <laughs> and it looks to be like the right decision because now I'm starting to work. Like I'm pretty certain like baseball MLB is canceled this year. Like there's going to be zero games, right? Are you going to start the games at the all-star break and like have 80 games? Not like that's not really feasible. Um, and then I think like football season's in like serious jeopardy at this point. And then the start, which would mean like the start of the next NBA season and the start of uh, college basketball next year in October or whatever. And like, that's like, it's, it's definitely their doctors are saying that they're expecting to see like another, like we'll see a dip in the summer, hopefully from coronavirus. And then it will see, you know, another like jump up back when the weather cools off again, which is right around the time all these fall sports are happening, uh, specifically basketball. Um, so, like, I don't think they're going to be able to even start next season on time, much less, like, have been able to delay this tournament. So they did make the right call there, like, pretty early on, just to kind of, like, instead of dragging us out, like, I appreciate that the NCAA kind of, you know, shooting us in the head instead of one in the chest and letting us bleed out. It's yep. the old saying, I guess. Like, it was canceled immediately, and they were like, yeah, there's just no way this is going to happen. When a lot of people, like myself, I thought it would be able to be delayed and it would happen. But it's just – that just was never going to be the case. So at least they were like, all right, like, this is, isn't going to happen. So I'm sorry. Like, it sucks, especially for teams like South Carolina, uh, Don Staley and her staff, who were looked to be on the road to another national championship with the only, like, real competition coming with Oregon and maybe them facing Mississippi State again. Like, they, they were probably going to wipe the floor with everyone else in that tournament. Um, and then – I saw with how they beat UConn. I think that really like shook some people up. But I think UConn. I was at the game, and the amount of points they had in the first half, or I think it might have been first quarter. Yeah, first quarter. I was like, uh, and I don't remember exactly how much, but I was like, oh, this team is definitely a cut above. So that definitely sucks for that kind of situation. Also, to go back to what you were saying, uh, Kirk Herbstreit, he was the one who kind of was like, I don't think college football season will happen, and that shook up a lot of fans because it's kind of yeah. like Kirk. What are you doing? Like, obviously, he could be – probably could be correct. But he has a – like, a, his voice on college football has, like, a large following. So, the fact that he thinks that is really, like, oh, no, this could actually be a thing. Yeah. Uh, Herbie missed – like, Herbie coming out and saying that, like, definitely sparked that fear in me. Yeah. Um, I don't – like, it, it's – and he's probably right. Like, I'm starting to seriously doubt that we're going to get college football again this year. And – which is crazy to think about. Like, 
kids can't practice right now. Basically, they're like, you missed an entire spring. Like, we should be watching spring football games now. Like, it's April. Like, spring football games should be happening in the next week or two. Um, and they, they aren't going to happen. There's been no spring ball. Like, what are freshmen doing? Like, they're not getting the coaching that they need. Like, if there were any South Carolina fans out there who thought Luke Doty stood a chance of starting this year, potentially, like, even if the season, like, goes on, like, that's for sure out of the window now because I don't see him in a scenario coming in in July whenever they do start practice up again and taking over the top spot that quickly. I think he would have needed a full spring to beat out, you know, Holinsky, Joyner, and whoever else. Like, those those kinds of things around the country, like, all of that time is gone and you can't replace time, right? You can replace money or whatever else, but you can't replace time and you missed a lot of that. Um, so, I mean, it's going to be very interesting. I, like if they do play a college football season, like I think you're going to see way more red shirts this year than you ever have seen before. Because there's just kid, there's like no way that kids are going to be able to play if you're a freshman unless you're you know uh, maybe Jordan Birch like those kind of guys like quarterbacks for sure not like I, I don't see a quarterback anywhere freshman starting quarterback anywhere in the country if this uh, does happen the college football season does happen but I just, I don't I, I'm really starting to doubt it dude yeah so what you're seeing a lot of is guys that I know. They're having these Zoom meetings with their coaches. So obviously it's not the same as being in the facility, but they're having the Zoom meetings and kind of going off of as much as they can off of like, you know, like the X's and the O's of things. And also I'll tell you what, the what the guy, I think Colin Hill, this is, I'm not going to say the corner advice, definitely not a good thing, but this is probably beneficial for guys like him because it's like now, and also the other guys that were not playing to be early enrollees because now everybody's on a level playing field. Yeah, so, that's true. Yeah, now, not, not those other guys have been in the strength and conditioning programs and have gotten, like, a taste of that, and I've also gotten a taste of what it's like to be a student athlete as far as at the collegiate level early on, so they won't be shocked by, like, the workload or things of that nature. But on the fact that as far as those guys won't have quite the jump on it they would have had otherwise going through a whole spring game, I mean, a whole spring practice and a spring game. So it could be, obviously, it's not good, but it's more beneficial to guys like him as opposed to guys who've been here uh, all along and are just waiting for the shot. Yeah, and it's – I mean, workouts are another thing. Like, you're not going to see guys putting on – it's very doubtful you're going to see guys putting on – like, a lot of times in college football, like, you see kids put on 20 pounds of mass between their freshman year and their sophomore year. And I think Marcus Adamore put on 15 pounds between his freshman and sophomore year um, during the spring and uh, maybe the summer. But in like you just I don't think you're gonna see that because you're getting home workouts if guys have home workout equipment like if not they're probably just doing cardio going for a run or like doing whatever like jumping jacks but that's not the same as being even if you do have a home gym it's not the same as being in your state-of-the-art facility in the what is it the new uh Jerry and Steve Spurrier you know facility and, and and in there lifting weights with your team and your coaches and your new strength coaches if you're here in South Carolina you're like transitioning from completely different ways from strength and conditioning uh different methods and different theories are coming in and now like now like you're telling kids like you just stay in shape any way you can like it, it's it's gonna be <laughs> it's gonna, a lot of kids are gonna be like hurting like a lot of people need that discipline of like every day like I need to come in and I need you to tell me what to do because 
I could go do it on my own, but I probably won't. Like I won't be as motivated and yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, uh, but then like, it, it's just, I, you're missing out on all that time and you're never going to get that back. Even if there is a college football season, like the level we're going to get college football at this year is going to be a bit sloppy compared to how we normally get it. Uh, it sucks again. Like, to go back to basketball real quick. It just sucks that this was like the craziest year of college basketball and the NCAA tournament was wide open. Looked to be yeah. like the only like solid favorite was Kansas, but Kansas trips up and falls over themselves in the NCAA tournament every year anyway. So it would have been, it, it just would have been like, I think one of the best tournaments in a very long time and you're not getting that. Yeah. Yeah. It's just gone. Like North, I bet you North Carolina fans are pumped. It's not pumped. I got to stop. I, I would be pumped if I was a North Carolina but, fan. But it's like exactly because it's like this was going to be the year where it's going to be like those, the, the Tar Heels, like what are they going to do? And it's like hopefully their next recruiting, the next year of recruiting, whatever, we'll put them right back on and their players will be functioning again like they normally are and they'll be back on top. But this could have been like the lost year. And for them, they'll be able to move forward. Also, to go back to football for a quick second, LSU, I thought I, – I was thinking about this, and I forgot who brought it to my attention. The reason – because at first, a lot of other teams are canceling their spring ball, but LSU, like, we're still going out there. But when you're replacing an offensive coordinator, a defensive coordinator, and your starting quarterback, and then Justin Jefferson, like, you have probable reason to be trying to get on that field as much as possible. So I know that they were definitely trying to uh, – and they were, but then the SEC shut the whole thing down. So then yeah. that I think that they really will be impacted by this because they didn't even have the spring ball to, to get that new quarterback adjusted to running with the ones and things of that nature. So, like, they'll be like a complete whole different team without quite as much training as a lot of the rest of them have had. Yeah, absolutely. And then you've got like, um, oh, bounce back to basketball when you're talking about in North Carolina. <laughs> like, if you're a North Carolina fan, this has got to be the greatest thing of all time because your worst season of all time, right? That you can remember if you're a North Carolina fan, you don't remember a worst basketball season. Guess what? It didn't happen. Like, you got the ultimate spin, spin zone. Like, this season just doesn't count for anything. And every team who tried to play their way in the tournament and play their hearts out when conference titles and whatever else like none of it matters because none of it counts so if you're a north carolina fan you got a free pass you just got it's a complete like, free pass it's like you didn't miss the tournament quote unquote the tournament no, just didn't you didn't. yeah it just didn't happen like the season doesn't matter i guess the only thing that really happened like, were regular season conference titles and a few a few like smaller conferences got their tournaments done yeah so uh, we'll see what happens moving forward yeah, all right. So the Jordan doc, the the Michael Jordan documentary, what was this like 2 years ago that they promoted this thing? How Yeah, how- they dropped it during Chris I want to say during Christmas break cuz I was at my aunt's house 2018. Like, I want to say the 20 Yeah, I want to say 2018. Yeah. Yeah, it's got to be yeah. 2018. This was- this has been we've been seeing promos for this thing forever now. It is great marketing. It's been great because the suspense is being built up. And so, obviously, we were all thinking, oh, we just got to wait. Finally, they announced it's coming out in May. It's like, oh, my gosh. But this is like – there is no better time than right now to drop this because literally nobody has anything to do but watch TV. So, it's like (laughs) – and I think it's April 19th is the date it's dropping, correct? Yep, that's April 19th, yeah. And it'll reflect the 1998 Chicago Bulls season. With all the key interviews, I think this thing is going to be great. And I saw a high school coach, uh, as a matter of fact, the coach for Russian Northeast, 
uh, JoJo English, he played for the Bulls, and now he's the uh, I guess I said he's the coach of Northeast, and he says now y'all are gonna get to see what it really was like, especially our generation, because a lot of us don't really know what it was necessarily like playing with, uh, well, watching, uh, witnessing uh, Michael Jordan play. So it's gonna be great to watch. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, uh, I I mean it was a great move. So it was originally supposed to come out in what June? I think. Yeah, May or June. May or June. Yeah. So they listen to people who are just screaming on Twitter and they're just like, you know what? We'll just release it early. Like there's no way at this point they don't have it done. Like this thing has been done for months, I would think. And they're just sitting there editing the tiniest little things like in coloration in the floor on one, you know, two second clip they have in three episodes into the documentary at at, like minute mark 56. And you're going to get like, it's it's going to be an amazing documentary. I'm not a basketball fan, but I'm I'm really like looking forward to watching. I watched a little bit of the D-Wave one with Brendan. He had it on. It looked really good. I got to go back and watch it all. Uh, I know you said that was fantastic, but yeah, this thing is what like ten parts. How long is it? Yeah, it's ten parts. It's very similar to the O.J. Simpson one that they had. Uh, I think ABC, as a matter of fact, it was an ESPN documentary, thirty for thirty. But ABC did it, and it was like a more of a five, ten part series or whatever. It's kind of the same avenue as that. I'm sure it's going to win some awards. I heard one guy say something. They said Michael Jordan is <laughs> so good. They said Michael Jordan, Jordan heard everybody talking about how good Kobe or LeBron was. He says, "So drop the tapes." And that's where this thing comes. And I think that's like an excellent trailer for it. But yeah, so uh, it's going to be, I think, pretty sure it's a 10 part series. And I'm sure uh, if folk mics go in by ESPN Plus, because it's like you don't want to miss this. One. All right. Are they going to, they should, I think they're going to release it just on ESPN, right? Or is it only um, ESPN Plus? Uh, I'm not 100% sure. I think it might be ESPN, but you might be able to live stream it if you have ESPN. I'm not 100% sure about that. But I'm sure they're going to try to make it as available as possible. So they might even have it where you can on some of the different outlets that you can watch it live. Yeah, I'm surprised ESPN Plus isn't free right now. Like everything else in the world is. Like every subscription service. Like Zoom is like we talked about Zoom. We're using Zoom right now. Like it's free to companies now because they just want people to be able to keep continuing business, which is great advertising for themselves, right? This is just free advertisement for them down the road. They're going to take over Skype. Um, and then like – I don't uh Barstool Sports has like a premium subscription. They're giving it away for free. Like every premium subscription is going free. I've been waiting on ESPN to do that with ESPN Plus so I can go back and watch a bunch of 30 for 30s because I'm not going to pay for ESPN Plus. Um because <laughs> really the only good thing about it is the 30 for 30 library and UFC prelims and like UFC smaller fight cards. But that like yeah. that's it. Like I is it worth 5.99 a month like yeah, like if you have five ninety nine a month to spend on it for sure, but I'm not gonna pay for it. Like it's, but I wish it was free so I could watch all these things. Hopefully they'll do that because there's gonna be nothing to watch in the month of June, like absolutely nothing. I'm curious to see how they're gonna drop this Jordan doc. Are they gonna do like one a week or like one a night for a week? Like I think it would be smart to do like every Sunday night, right? Like or Monday yeah. night, replace Monday night football with this. Um, or they would be playing Sunday night baseball uh, at this time of year, just replace it with Jordan doc, go one a week or two a week and, and just keep rolling it out and stretch this thing out for months. Will yeah. Be, that would, will be my that opinion. 
That would definitely be the best marketing approach. I would hate that, though. I need it to be daily. I need to be able to know every single night I can go home and watch this. This would be very disappointing to me, but I would understand it. That's probably the best approach. You know, they probably got the top guys working on this, so they're going to do it as best as possible. And I'll tell you what, also, I don't know if sponsorships or uh, how that works or commercials and stuff, but it's like if you can get a commercial during this thing because they know people are going to be eyes glued to the TV and they'll probably be watching it live. It's like, if you get a commercial to drop through this thing, whether you be Apple or whoever, this is the time to do it. So, Yeah, I'm sure Darren Ravel will be ripping companies about using coronavirus to advertise <laughs> at some point during this. Oh, guys, just lost it. Um, all right, I saw this. We're going to do something a little different to for, for the second half of the show. We're going to keep it shorter today, too. Just Frankly, just not a lot going on. Um, but... I saw this story, Brendan pointed it out to me the other day, and then I kind of saw something, uh, some more about it yesterday. So Penn State, uh, State College is doing, uh, since all school is canceled, right, intramurals are canceled, everything else, Penn State's doing an intramural esports league. So you're just playing PlayStation, Xbox, PC, whatever, certain games against other kids, and I think it's sick. Like, I would love for South Carolina to do that or – Clemson to do that or College of Charleston, whoever, like all these schools, like this is, I mean, I think it's fantastic. It would be awesome just to play. Like you're like, you can't play sports like with kids anymore. They're banned like basketball parks. Like I've seen like rims get taken down in uh, New York city uh, rims, like blocked over like the city, like the cities are taking, going around to basketball courts and taking the rims off the boards because they yeah. don't want people congregating to play basketball so they're not spreading disease. Yeah, that's what they used to, matter of fact, that's what they used to do at my uh, elementary school, not to spread disease, but just to keep kids away <laughs> from the court. <laughs> just to keep the kids away from the court on the weekends and stuff. So it's like the basketball teacher used to take the goal, just the rim, and put it in, and then he'd take it back out and recess and stuff. But it's a good method to kind of save people from themselves. But I could imagine, like, a place like New York, and obviously I'm not from New York, but I know more about that. But it's like, literally, like, if you're in these smaller houses and stuff, it's like, like, at least sometimes in the South, we got some space. Like, okay, you got the backyard and things of that nature. But if not, it's like, yo, you're just kind of just in the house. Yeah, yeah, it's, um, it, it's, like, you're stuck. Like, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm not quite New York City stuck, but, like, there's this, you know, there's not as much to do for sure like the weather's so nice like can't go outside that's what I'm, yeah. i told you like before we started here like i'm i'm hitting the homeland this weekend going to visit the family hang out and like just go fishing and like do things outdoors because no one's there anyway like on a regular day no one's ever there because no one lives there so yeah. <laughs> places like a ghost town but uh yeah and and just have some like breathing room but like yeah if you're living in a city like, you have the one thing you can do is play basketball and it's gone. I don't, I wonder like if they're going to start doing that here more or like if schools are doing that, like you said, your elementary school is doing that. There's this group of guys who live across the street from my elementary school and they are playing basketball like every single day, like every yeah. single day. Like when school's out and like the kids go home and stuff, they're out there at five o'clock, like maybe not during the winter because you can't see in the dark, but like I've seen them out there with their car lights on, just playing basketball, just for the love of the game. Like, just, that's it, that's it. And if you take those down, like, dude, I think those guys might just croak. Like, they're going to be done. They're, they take their own, own, like, life and blood from them. They're not going to have anything else to do. But, uh, yeah, I mean, eSports League from Penn State, like, good way to get around that. Like, 
kind of get kids to do like stay involved with other people and give them something to look forward to as far as a competition that is quote unquote safe right now. Um, so I don't know, maybe we'll see other school. I think other schools will start this, especially Penn state, like they have a little bit of success and then this will be something that kids want to do in the future. It'll kind of change. Like the esports industry is blowing up right now. Right. Like I like, uh, like I play FIFA a decent bit. So like I'll watch like FIFA clips on YouTube or something in the video views from the people that I watch are just skyrocketing because people yeah. like have nothing else to do. So it's, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Streamers are going crazy. I'm sure they're making a bunch of money. Especially, and also a lot of the younger generation, I know too, like my little cousins, all they do is like watch Fortnite. Or like they watch people play. Yeah. And so now these kids are not in school anymore. Their parents, and, and you know, the parents kind of be on you, but at some point it's like, just get away from me. And yeah, so with that being sure. said, these kids now are getting to stream 24, well, not 24-7. Well, yeah, just about 24-7. You're also seeing some of the, all, all of our bad sleeping habits are really like kind of, <laughs> being put to display here everybody on twitter stuff like four o'clock in the morning like it's noon so dude i'm i'm trying so hard to to keep with the the sleep the semi-sleep schedule still been waking up at a decent hour like i'm up by 30 or so like that's not too bad uh just to get moving and then like it's yeah. just i can't go back to i used to like i know like last summer right if you're a college kid and you have i was basically i was living by myself in the summer um because I have my apartment that I share uh, that me and Brendan share and he went home he's at home in New Jersey for the summer. I would work until midnight. I would be up until like four or five every night. I just don't want to go back to that. Like, I don't want to go back to being up till four or five and waking up at two o'clock. It's, it's terrible. So I'm trying to stay, <laughs> stay awake at, at a decent hour in the morning. It's rough. But uh, and Twitter is bleak at 3am. I don't know how it's been lately at 3am, but it is, no, it is during the regular times, whatever. There's nothing happening on Twitter at three o'clock in the morning. Um, all right, so I mentioned we were going to do something different, and we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and jump into that. So Matthew and I last week we talked about like you know we gave you three different sports stocks from each of us uh, to go watch, and I know like I had Pony Excess and a couple other uh, couple, uh, you don't know Bo and the Believer on mine. Um, Matthew had what the U and the U Part Two. Um, and what were your other two? Do you remember? I don't know. I, I can name some off the top of my head, but I don't have the document. I had it written down. Whatever. It doesn't matter. So this yeah. week, and I think we're going to try to do this going forward. So we're going to give you three games to go back and watch, right? Uh, ESPN, MLB Network, uh, I think NBA Network or NBA TV or whatever it's called now. Uh, like all the sports networks are doing this. They're just playing old games. Um, so we'll give you three to go back and watch. And I didn't do necessarily the three like greatest or like my favorite or anything. I just did three that I thought were pretty important. So we'll go through them. Um, and then we'll give you like why you should watch them. Like what, what was the importance of them? And we're going to try to stick with the sport. So this week, obviously we're doing, you know, we focus college football. Anyway, we're going to do college football this week to start it off. And then next week we might be do basketball or next week, baseball or whatever else. Um, and we'll mix it up. Maybe one week, like Matthew and I will do different sports. So we'll bring something different, but for college football, we're, we're all on the table. So I'll let you start. We'll go, you go one and then I'll go one and then we'll switch back and forth. All right. I'll go, uh, start off with Southern Cal versus Texas. 
that game was in 2006, I'm pretty sure. You know, they yeah. call that game of the century. Colin Cowherd said it really well on the show. He was like, that was the game, like, you felt. Like, you knew the stars were there. Obviously, it was in California. But it was like you felt the stars were on the field. I was looking at the game leaders as far as for yardage. Did you realize that Vince Young had 19 carries with 200 yards that game? Yeah. He, I mean, he was crazy. I, that's, like, the first college football game I can remember that is not a South Carolina game watching as I was growing up and I can still vividly remember like sitting on my my in my living room and watching Vince Young run in for that touchdown to win at the end like I can remember that picture like plain as day who are you going for in the game Texas I I hate Southern Cal I hate Reggie Bush so much God, I hate Reggie Bush I I hated him because I so I liked when uh when I was a kid like I rooted for different different teams around the country different pockets and um, I like Notre Dame at the time. I was I was a big Notre oh, Dame guy when they were playing. When they were on uh, TV and no one else was playing, like I, w- I was rooting for Notre Dame, whoever they were playing. Um, and that was that year was the infamous Bush push that helped uh, Reggie Bush push his quarterback into the end zone. Notre Dame felt like since that moment, like I've hated Reggie Bush, and I've like and I hated Southern Cal before that. So I like I just it's irrational, but I still hate him. So, uh, like, I hated Southern Cal growing up 10 times more than I hated Clemson. Like, I don't think I ever really hated – I hate the institution in Southern California. Like, I don't feel the same for Clemson. I hate Clemson fans mostly. Um, but, like, it's – like, I, I just hated that. So, I was for sure rooting for – and I love Texas. Texas was awesome when I was a kid. You had Vince Young. Vince Young was unbelievable to watch. Yeah, I've like as of recent, I see a lot more stuff on the players' tribute about it. But I was definitely going for Southern Cal. Love Lindell White. Love Dwayne Jarrett. Love Steve Smith. I think was the receiver they had. That was a yeah. big, anyway. All that to say, that was a great game to watch. I still and I vividly remember Reggie Bush with the flip because I think I had to go to sleep early something at night, so I had to record the game back when we had VHS. So you know that was back in the day. Listeners, but yeah, so I remember the flip, and I remember he was one of the first guys I saw wear the sleeve. And I would dream playing college football and stuff. So, I and I didn't really understand what that sleeve was made, so I got a sock and I cut off the foot of it. And I was like, Look, like uh, Reggie Bush. So, there you have it. That is that's why you should watch that game and then go cut you up a sock, like one of the long baseball socks, obviously. Because I didn't need a big one. Yeah, so that was definitely though. Definitely go check out that game. There's a whole thirty for thirty on it, as a matter of fact. Uh, but we're getting off script. Check out that game. Yeah, that that should be like it's. Yeah, that's a great that's a great game to always go watch. So I got a. That's been called the game of the century so many times, right? Greatest college football game of all time. I've heard that too, and it's definitely up there. Like definitely in the in the modern era, like it's it's without question top three. But I would like in my lifetime. I like I remember that game, but I would put the first or the second Clemson Alabama game as being Wait, better than one? that. Which one? The twenty when Clemson when Clemson won their first championship since eighty one, right? I thought oh, that was the best college football game I have ever seen. That was that game was incredible. Um, yeah, Clemson won on us on a pick play at the end that should have been illegal and there should have been a pass interference call. <laughs> um, <laughs> but either way, like, however you want to cut it up, like, biases aside, like, I thought that was the best college football game I've ever watched. And it beat LSU, Bama's, like, close battles. It beat kick six for me because kick six wasn't, like, that great of a game until the kick six happened. Like, it was a good game, but you see that game on any Saturday, right? It's just a regular iron pole. 
Um, definitely better than Cam's comeback against uh, it was Greg McElroy and Crimson Tide. We were up 24 nothing. Like, it was better than that game. That was an epic comeback, but, like, it wasn't back and forth like that the whole game. Like, I thought that 2016 championship, Clemson-Alabama, the second time they played each other in national championship, was incredible. I would rank that still – I would rank that above the Texas-Southern Cal game, but you can't – like, and I've seen the Texas-Southern Cal game, like, a good bit on ESPN Classic. Um, and, like, I, I just think that game's, game's better. As we're talking here, I just – I just thought of an honorable mention, so I'm going to write that down for the end. Um, okay. And while, but, you're, while you think uh, – was that one of your games, by the way, or that not? No, no, the Clemson-Bama the Clemson Bama game, I almost put it on there, but I decided to stick with a little bit of a theme kind of centric to myself, and you'll see as we get going. So I'll start with the first one right here. Uh, 2013, South Carolina-Michigan Outback Bowl. Oh, I think. Yeah. Yeah. In the yeah. Steve Spurrier era, this was probably – this is the height of, like, South Carolina, like, big-time football, right? You're, you're, playing, you're playing Michigan. Um, you have Jadavion Clowney's hit in that game, like, the hit. Uh, you got a Hail Mary from Dylan Thompson to Bruce Ellington to win the game. Game was crazy. And then, on top of all this, if you remember watching the game, um, I think I was, like, 15 at the time. Mike Tirico and John Gruden are calling it. So as far as like college football commentators, football commentators in general, like they don't get better than that. Like I love Mike Tirico. Everybody loves John Gruden. Um, if you don't love John Gruden, you're kind of a Scrooge. You had an A. Sanders punt return in there for a TD. Like it was everything that kind of encapsulated Spurrier's time here, right? You had a big clowny moment. You had an A. Sanders punt return. Like that guy was incredible to watch. Like if you want to go watch some fun highlights, Go watch A. Sanders' uh, punt return highlights all day. He's got plenty of them uh, here at South Carolina. He had one against Missouri that was incredible. Um, but, yeah, that, that game just kind of had everything in it, and it was very, very awesome. Also, the, what was it, Capital One Bowl they played against Nebraska the year before, I think. There was a Hail Mary at the end of the half. Connor Shaw to uh, Alshon I'll Jeffrey. Throw. That was an incredible catch, too. I mean, that was just throw it up on a prayer, and I'm sure Connor Shaw said that 15 times since then. But it worked out. But when you have Alshon Jeffrey at that time, he's the tallest guy on the field. He's the most athletic receiver on the field at all times. He still is in some cases in the NFL. Um, like, I don't just throw it above everyone's head. Like, his arms are way longer than anyone else's tall. So he'll just catch it. It was That was a great play. Uh, but, yeah, so the 2013 Outback Bowl for South Carolina versus Michigan. Beat a Big Ten team. That was huge. Yeah, every I think there are a lot of posters and stuff made off of that hit. But going back to that Nebraska game, it was very interesting. I was listening to I think one of the coaches came and talked to our high school team, and he said that it he was basically trying to emphasize the point. It's not all about like uh, the fastest guy. Sometimes he got the guy the strongest will. He used to say like during the winter workouts, every single time you'd have Marcus Lattimore, Alshon, and it was another guy that you wouldn't expect to be the fastest guy they would finish through the drills every time first whether it be like sprints or whatever the case is and his whole point though like I said was to just show the will of like the best players the best players on the team the will of like these aren't the cornerbacks who are usually the most athletic people out there they're not it's the, the team captain so I'm, I'm trying to figure out who that was that said it but yeah it was very interesting it's like okay cool 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 and then, so that like kind of lets you know what kind of team you're working with that explains all the wins because you got like Alshon like Alshon is not the fastest receiver like, or not the fastest player on the team. Marcus Lattimore isn't the fastest guy out there, but their will 
was stronger than a lot of the other guys who were probably better off as far as like quickness and stuff. Like yeah, that. Lattimore was definitely not the fat. Like anyone who thinks Lattimore is the fastest like guy on the field at any time was crazy, right? He had good breakaway speed, right? When when he got through a tackle, he was gone. He was so shifty, and he would just slide in and out of tackles, and you would just see like watching Marcus Lattimore run when he was here at South Carolina. You would see Marcus Lattimore take the ball. You would see a bunch of people in a huddle and then come out the other side. It would be Marcus Lattimore and he'd still be going like that was him. Like he was never like that speedy, like Chris Rainey, like those kind of guys who were just get him in space and let him run straight, like yeah. and fast as they can go. Like he was just going to make you miss or run you over. And, and he had breakaway speed to just get away with you, get away from you. And then he was gone. Like he was, it was just his will to run the football from, uh, running the football north and south were was incredible. Like Right, right. I it was just crazy watching him play here. Um, all right, give me your second one. Second game. Okay, now it is ironic that you like that second uh, Clemson-Alabama game. I actually like the first one in 2016. Uh, I, this is the game that cooked me from gambling. I gambled so much money. I think, and it, well, it wasn't even that <laughs> much. It was just at that time, off of a Krispy Kreme budget. I'm gambling $95, and I lose. I was a huge Clemson fan here. I hurt on after that game like I uh, played for the Clemson football team. We, uh, Clemson lost the final score 45-40. to 40. Deshaun Watson, I was, again, I was looking at it. He had a 93 quarterback rating, 93.2 quarterback rating. They say this was the game where it kind of really showed us, like, this guy's really like that. He kind of dis, dis – uh, I don't know, there's a word for this disengaged, dis- I don't know what the word is, but that Nick Saban's defense, and they still lost the game, but I really enjoyed watching that one. That was the one where Coker, uh, Coker, and then you had, uh, what's the guy who's played in Miami, the runner, uh, Kenyon Drake had the long kickoff return to almost kind of like sealed the deal. Kenyon Drake like, was a beast. Yeah, I love that Clemson team. Uh, when obviously the Wayne Gallman, Artavis Scott, Sharon Peaks. That's the game of Renfro jumped on the scene to the nation with the two yeah. to, uh, touchdowns. So I love that game. I still go back to watch that game uh, occasionally just to watch. Uh, Deshaun, nope. Deshaun really had a great game. It just so happened they weren't able to get the job done. And those, that was, two, uh, those two games, like those two back-to-back national championships were incredible. The first one was very, very good. I think the second one, Clemson won, was just better yeah. as a game. because, I, But the first one, I just remember sitting there like watching it and as a South Carolina fan, like, just like all my worst nightmares are about to come true. Like it, Nick Saban's going to bail me out this time, but like, I don't think he can do it again. Like he might be yeah. able to do it one more time, but like Clemson's for real. Like they're going to stay here for a while. Like they have a defense that can go up against Alabama. Like their offense can go up against Alabama's defense. And that was like, that was the thing. Like to not see Nick Saban in a national championship and suffocate someone yeah. is crazy. And to look like he was, struggling to win the entire time like it was a battle that's that's kind of when I realized like oh like Clemson's like good good like they didn't just kind of fluke their way through an ACC schedule which they did they lost to Pitt that year too no that was the national championship uh they lost to Syracuse I think that year that they which one was it did they lose to Pitt the first time or Syracuse Uh, either way some crappy ACC school and like I was like they shouldn't be in this like this is BS like they lost this game like you can't allow them in like but they were definitely definitely the second best team they actually were undefeated that year I'm looking at the scale they were 14 and 1 so they actually were undefeated that year uh, okay and then they lost to Pitt the year they won right yeah yeah I was there that was a very unhappy West End zone that day but yeah Yeah. so uh, what's your what's your game two right, uh, game two it's the game is good, 
but it's more important what happened after the game. So 2008, Ole Miss versus Florida. So oh. like I said, this, is, this was like – I kind of went with the themes of like the games that stuck out to me like growing up and watching college football. Ole Miss versus Florida. If you don't know who was playing for Florida at that time, I'll give you a hint. He wears number 15. Um, he's also a professional baseball player. He's married to Miss Universe. Uh, he's probably one of the best-looking guys on the face of the earth. Um, somehow he's playing. He's on his second professional sport, uh, and I maybe they'll call him up one day. Um, but, yeah, and then you had Percy Harvin, Chris Rainey, the Pouncy Twins. Um, you had – we don't really talk about him that much anymore. You got Aaron Hernandez, like it's just an insane team. Like, and then they had those blue uniforms that year where they were all like that Florida Gator blue with the wings on the, on the uh, shoulder pads. Yeah. Like, Ooh, yeah. those things look good. And then they had the, uh, they changed up the F too, I think um, on the helmets that year as well. Like they were, that was like, that Florida team is outside of any South Carolina team is probably is easily my favorite college football team of all time. Like not even close. Like I love Tim Tebow so much. Like that team, like that was when I used to like urban uh, things were rolling good for me in urban. Then I, I didn't hate urban until he left and went to Ohio state. Um, but yeah, it, it was, so they lose that game by one point to Ole Miss in the swamp. And then you get the infamous Tim Tebow um, speech, you know, like you will never see anyone try as hard as I will again. Like, like we're going to fix this. Like you'll, I I can promise you like all these things. And he's basically in tears at the podium. He's in a black cutoff t-shirt and he just does like he always does walks and says, God bless walks out of the, the the God bless used to always just hit different. It was kind of like go tigers from, from uh, yeah, Coach O, yeah. but a little more like, I don't know, a little more church centric, like uh, a little more of like, I don't know, just Tebow being Tebow. Um, and like, that was it. And like, oh, that was crazy. Also, the game that year, um, that was another, God, this, that whole season was just phenomenal. They played Florida State, and that was the, there's a crazy picture. I don't know if, if you remember it, Matthew. All the ribs of all the, like, the garnet from Florida State's field just down TiVo's face and, like, blood. And I just remember him getting in the middle of a circle. I think it was a defensive circle, too. I don't think it was an offensive circle. He comes in without his helmet, and he is just screaming at guys, like, in the pouring rain at Doe Campbell. And that was great. That's a great game, too. Uh, but, yeah, for 2008, Ole Miss versus Florida, watch the game and then go watch the press conference and then go watch the rest of the Florida games that year. And you will see a difference in how that team plays. Like everything Tebow promised, he delivered. Like they won a national championship that year. That, that, came, that team was just insane. A couple things. One, like I've seen that photo before. He looks like a warrior. Like it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah it's then, crazy. It's like Spartan. Be, there, there you go. Spartan. Glad. It, because the thing is, it would be one thing if it was blue, but that's like the enemy's color. Yep. Second thing, okay, let me make sure I didn't forget it. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. So th- I was listening. Obviously, I read the book. I don't know where I got this from. Pretty sure it's an interview I heard of, uh, and it might have been the offensive coordinator at the time at Florida. He was saying, like, during inside, like, generally during inside, you know, that's the offensive line, the defensive line, and linebackers and running backs, they're working on their run game. 
usually you don't have receivers in on this. They do that. And usually if you hit a quarterback in there, the coach is kind of like, hey, man, don't do that to defensive players. We might kick them out of practice, whatever. The guy hit Tebow that year. It might have been one of their linebackers. It might have been Brandon Spikes. I'm not 100% sure. And Tebow, like, looks at him. He's like, let's get it on. And it's like I think that- it was Brandon Spikes. Him and Brandon Spikes. I don't know if I told you this. The reason Brandon Spikes was at Florida was because of Tim Tebow. It was Tebow almost committed to Alabama. And then a good thing he didn't because they had the whole coaching change right after, right? And then he never would have been Tim Tebow uh, in Nick Saban's – under Nick Saban's, like, offense. Yeah. Like, not that he would have – he would have worked, but he would not have been – like, he, he needed Urban Myers like, offensive mind. Yeah. Um, but yet, Tim Tebow was on a recruiting visit at Alabama and it pretty much decided he was going to Florida then and got and talked Brandon Spikes and a few others into coming to Florida with him. And I mean, they built, you know, with the best like miniature, you know, dynasties there for a while. Like it, it was, it, I mean, it was incredible. The guy just had that much pull, not even knowing these people really. It was just like, yo dude, come play, come play defense for us. Like we're going to, I'm going to will us to a national championship. And I mean, he did. It's crazy. We would, I mean, people pay big money to hear those conversations with those. Were like, oh like, yeah. Like, come on. And it's not like Brandon Spikes didn't like get to the league with like a bus. He's like, this is a really good football player. Well, that dude was, so he like, was a beast. Yeah. It was beast. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah. And then, so my last game, I'm going to go ahead and say is going to be, like I said, huge, was a huge Clemson fan. So I really like the one Chick-fil-A Bowl, Clemson versus LSU, 2012, also known in Tiger Town as 4th and 16, because that was whenever Clemson had, like, kind of gotten on the country's radar. I mean, they've been on the country's radar. But it was like, like, they're going to play this SEC team. Not too many people were giving Clemson a chance. That LSU team was loaded. Sam Montgomery, off the top of my head, I could think of Sam Montgomery. And they had Eric Reed was playing back there, Odell Beckham Jr., before anybody knew who Odell Beckham Jr. was. Zach Mittenberger, and obviously Clemson had Taj Boyd. This ended up being uh, DeAndre Hopkins' last game where he went it off with 13 receptions, 191 yards, and two touchdowns. And I was there. Uh, one of my friends, one of my friends, uh, yeah, uh, his older cousin played for Clemson. And so we were in the player parent at section, and it was – scheming um, your way in. It was amazing. That was probably I. I want to say I might have been the best football game I've ever been to. And it's also different just to see those LSU fans like live, and it's like the surprise factor. But and then also where they travel. But all that to say, go check that game out. Clemson. If you go to Clemson, South Carolina, they have T-shirts. Fourth and sixteen. That is where this. That is where those T-shirts were originated at. And Nuke became a legend that night. Um. Yeah, I don't. I don't really don't. I remember Clemson beating LSU. I don't really remember that game at all. Uh, I'm not such a big bowl game guy. Yeah. Which I know is contrary to my first pick with the Outback Bowl, but I was like, the only reason I picked that Outback Bowl is like I said, it was just kind of everything that South Carolina was at that time. A little bit of everything. It was one game that stood out. But yeah, I, I I'll watch South Carolina's bowl game. I don't really watch too many other ones to be honest. Like I'll toss them on like. I'm a laptop or something, but like it, it's, I've never been in a huge bowl game guy. I'll just kind of check and see the scores and see who won. But um, I'll give you my last one. It's a, it was this one kind of set like I think for what uh what for what was coming for South Carolina in 2009. 
Ole Miss comes to South Carolina, comes to Columbia on a Thursday night. They were number four team in the nation. Ole Miss, Jevin Sneed uh, as the quarterback for Ole Miss, recently died. So rest in peace, Jevin Sneed. Um, great, great SEC name, Jevin Sneed. Uh, and it was a pretty damn good quarterback at Ole Miss. Um, they come to Columbia on a Thursday night. And this is where the birthplace of Sandstorm, like Sandstorm was played for the first time in the stadium that night. And like, that's where the students just kind of went crazy. And that's what South Carolina, like Williams Bryce and Sandstorm just kind of coexist now. They're like, they're one in the same, like those two things go together, like peanut butter and jelly. And this game like really showed you like a belief in Steve Spurrier that he could actually get it done at South Carolina when you have the number four team come into Columbia on a Thursday night. Spurrier loved the Thursday night games. I used to love the Thursday night games too. I think they were different. And like now the Thursday night games aren't that big of games, uh, but they used to be like pretty, pretty big. Like South Carolina was playing always open season up on a Thursday night. Uh, That was fun for a while. Um, It put your team in the national spotlight, which I like, which I don't kind of, I kind of don't get why more athletic directors and coaches don't go for that. Uh, If they feel like they're building something, want to give their players like a little more to play for like, Hey guys, all eyes on us. Like everybody's watching college football tonight. They're watching us because there ain't no other games. Um, Spurrier loved that. But this, the like, this game was so monumental and for everything that it's set up going forward for South Carolina uh, in the coming years. When you get to 2010, 2011, um, 2012 and, and, and so on. But I think at the time, it's one of the biggest ones in South Carolina history. still is one of the biggest ones in South Carolina history. And it gets overlooked a lot, I think. People don't remember this game. Uh, it was pretty sloppy. It was like final score was like 16 to 10. Um, but, yeah, I thought it was a massive game. Do you remember that at all, Matthew? No, I remember because one day I was like, where the devil did Sandstorm come from? And so I looked it up and I figured out that's where it came from. I'm very interested to figure out what made them choose Sandstorm to play of all the songs. Because I think for a while there, because, you know, I went to elementary school. You said 2006? 2009. 2009. Okay, so I was uh, maybe just getting out of elementary school. But I went to elementary school at Rosewood. So we were, like, right there. So I used to hear about, like, all the games. And, like, it used to be a very big deal, like, for the home opener. Because, like, who's getting tickets? I was never part of that crew. But, like, my <laughs> friends is, like, some of them used to be getting tickets and stuff. And so I'm, like, I don't – I can't believe I missed that old Miss one. But, no, nah, I don't really remember it at all. As a matter of fact, I was trying to think. But I think Patrick Willis had been, been in the league for this but yeah now, I don't really remember it too much but obviously it was a very big deal I'm surprised you don't see more stuff about it in the football facility being that, that, that see that's the thing that's why I wrote this game down it's like it gets overlooked so much but this game I think was the biggest stepping stone that those teams took uh as far as going forward is this 2009 game versus Ole Miss like that was a massive massive win at the time like it was so big one of the biggest wins in history like you beat a top five team um, and again, a lot of people said Ole Miss shouldn't have been ranked in the top five, but they were a pretty good team that year, and they were ranked number four when they played you, and you beat them. Um, so who's to say if you didn't beat them, they weren't going to go undefeated with the momentum that they had. But, like, this just built everything that South Carolina was becoming, and it just kept going forward. Um, yeah, that's why I wrote it down. Uh, give me my honorable mention, though. I don't know if you've ever watched this game. Uh, it used to come on as before I was alive. Um, so, you know, in the, in the games we wrote down, I don't think I told you this, but you picked, so you were fine. I wrote down kind of games that, you know, we remember, uh, that were important to us growing up. I used to watch an ESPN classic probably two or three times a year. 
Doug Flutie versus Miami in the Orange Bowl. I don't remember what year. I, I have no clue. All I know is it was pre my my college football watching days. Doug Flutie throws that Hail Mary at the end of the yeah. game. Boston College wins, beats Miami. Um, and I, it was just – it used to – do you have ESPN Classic? Like, is that still a channel? I don't even know. If I have it, I don't use it. But I, but I, there's a commercial that comes on on ESPN about during college football season, and it talks about the trajectory. I think it's like something about statistics and stuff in sports, and that's where I keep seeing that catch. I've seen a commercial like a hundred thousand times, and it's like the ball goes in the air, and then they like zoom in on the ball, and they like okay, two hundred point six feet and stuff like that. Oh, like, like an Amazon Web Services commercial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That like. That, I mean, that's one of the greatest college, like, football endings of all time. But, like, I mean, the biggest moment of Doug Flutie's career for sure. Um, but, yeah, I used to watch that game as a kid, like, all the time. And, like, something you said earlier reminded me of it. Uh, but if you haven't – if you've never seen that game, at least go watch the catch at the end, the Doug, the Doug Flutie pass. Like, you'll – like, you'll know, like, uh, that and, like, Flutie's drop kick, like, are the two biggest things, like. He's ever done uh, in the college, or one of two of the biggest moments in in football, I think, kind of like niche moments. Um, Did he win a Heisman? Uh, no. You know, I'm, I'm pretty sure no. Yeah, but no, nah, I haven't. No, uh, yes, he did. Didn't did he? he? Yeah, yes, he did. Hold on, I'm looking it up right now. Yeah, he won it in night. Nope. Yeah, he did win the Heisman Trophy. And he yeah. won David Bryant, the quarterback. Is, yeah, so he went to Boston College, what you said, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. BC quarterback. So that was – I mean, it was like – BC's only really had, like, two good things that I can ever remember is him and Matt Ryan. So – and Matt Ryan was nasty at Boston College. Do you remember Matt – like, watching Matt Ryan? I loved Matt Ryan when he was at BC. Yeah, I remember when he took that huge hit from that Clemson linebacker. I, I remember. Yeah, that. I remember that as well. But yeah, I so, loved Matt Ryan. Yeah, and Boston College is trying to find out that their quarterback this past season. I think he had a torn ACL. I'm trying to think that he ended up transferring or not. And they, I know they usually have a pretty good running back or so. Yeah, I they're, I mean, BC sports isn't the biggest thing in Boston. It's not even close to it. So, like, I think even like Harvard hockey is above BC football. You know, like they aren't getting a lot of support from anyone. Um, but yeah, they, they have, they do have a few shining moments in their history. And, and the Flutie, the Flutie Hail Mary was definitely one of them. Definitely. Um, all right. That's going to be it from us. So we will see you next Wednesday, probably next Wednesday, next Thursday. Um, yeah. But yeah, we'll be back with you uh, in the meantime, if you got anything you want us to talk about or like, we're going to keep like just talking about stuff that like, sports that were entertaining to us or things around sports you can do now and watch, like keep yourself entertained, whatever. Uh, we'll, we'll help you out with that. We'll give you some things to go back and watch. So go back and watch some of those games this weekend, this week, um, and just enjoy them. Just chill out. Like, cause there's no other sports going on. So you might as well go just watch something either you haven't seen in a long time or you have never seen. Um, and we'll see you next week. Uh, make sure you're following the show on Twitter and Instagram at the lead underscore block. Make sure you're subscribed. Um, wherever you listen, uh, rate, review, give us five stars, let us know what you think. Um, hit Matthew and I up if you want anything talked about on the show, anything like that. And I will, yeah, we'll see you next week. You got anything else, Matthew? No, that's all. All right, that's it. Peace. This podcast is part of the Garnet Media Group Podcast Network.
Garnet Media Group is a partnership between student-run media outlets at the University of South Carolina. Find out more about Garnet Media Group's podcast and other student work on garnetmedia.org.